you give him the time as you live, his word rhymes. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Living in God's Rhyme, the podcast where we talk about faith, Christianity, family, the funny things that pop into our head, and today, the second part of an interview. My name's Dave. And uh, my name is Tim. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we hope uh, that you enjoy today's podcast and uh, that you've listened to part one of our interview. Yes. Right. You want to tell them who this is, Dave? And well, we're talking, with, we're talking with Pastor Peter Foxwell of the Cornerstone Church in Clyde, Michigan. Yes. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, Clyde, Michigan. That sounds like an awful small town doesn't matter how big the town is it's the person we're talking to that you want to hear from and it's it's next to it's right next to a bigger town which was where tim lives and where i grew up in port huron it's a great little area it, yeah. it's not, not a little area anymore it's growing isn't it uh somewhat yeah somewhat but uh ish it, yeah it's it's everything's changing in port huron over the last five years or so uh, which has all been good. There have been good. many good, uh, there's, uh, the revitalization of downtown, uh, and, and we won't get into that. And I'm sorry I brought that up, but yeah. I'm not. And Clyde, Clyde is actually just the township. Um, I'm sure there's a couple stores in Clyde, but, uh, I don't know what else, <laughs> but it's all a nice little place, a nice little place for the great church. Yeah. Yeah. And folks, if, uh, if you haven't listened to last week's and you're listening to this one first, go back and listen to part one first. Pause your, your podcast here. Go back, listen to, to number one, you know, part one first. It's got a lot of great stories about how Peter got here to America from England, from Scotland, right? Yeah, Scotland. Scotland and uh, his his journey over and, and he did some some work over in Canada. So he's a world traveler. Plus, he's a, a uh, he's a very very good orator. Yes, he's like that word. <laughs> I've been saving that one. <laughs> but yeah, I I got I got a lot out of part one, folks, and you're going to get a lot out of part two. Um, what do you got? What, what do you want to say before we start, Peter? Up. I just uh, if you've listened to part one, you know. Uh, the excitement Dave and I have today in hearing part two, the rest of his story. And uh, I just hope that uh, I, I'm sure that today, when listening to the second half of our interview, you'll be just as, um, uh, as impressed with Peter as, uh, as we were. And uh, you'll just, I think you, you'll get something out of it. There's something that, that Dave, there's things that Dave and I both not only learned about Peter, but, uh, learned about faith, and uh, we learned a lot about uh, the struggles of being a pastor. And that, to me, was uh, also very interesting and uh, enlightening and certainly uh, gave me a much better appreciation for what pastors go through. So yes. uh, uh, sit back and, and enjoy. Yes, and here he comes. It sounds like you were more prepared because you were getting you were you were thinking ahead. Yeah, well, that was because of my schooling. 
like I had taken a class with uh, two of the leading experts on online education, and uh, they had convinced me that every church needs a digital online presence. And uh, so we were already moving that way. Um, so we were kind of good. But the actual practicalities of it were stressful. So when you move from being in an auditorium with people to being in my where I am now, recording sermons and having to look at yourself <laughs> and listen to yourself and edit yourself, and it, it was hard. It was just horrible. It took a lot to get over that. And eventually I did, but it was really hard. And then our worship uh, folks, the, the musicians, um, I'm so grateful for my co uh, uh, associate pastor, Joey Leonard, who uh, was just magnificent in organizing the music online. And uh, even so far as he would record his part in his home, and other people would record their parts in their homes, and then we'd mash it all together and put it up on online for church services. It was amazing what he did, but it, all of it. So because I was in school, I was already working about six plus days a week. But then when this struck, it was now seven days a week and long days because of all the recording and editing and tech stuff that had to get done so it, it caused a lot of uh, turmoil uh, for a lot of pastors yeah and there's good research out there showing the turmoil and they talked about having to find whole new ways of ministry of redefining their roles of the extra hours and the extra complexity of being a pastor trying to shepherd his his people mm -hmm. It shows uh, shows the need for uh, a strong uh, uh, staff behind you mm -hmm. uh, to help you with those needs, which, right. I, which I, I firmly believe we have at Cornerstone. Yeah, we do. Other I'm very grateful. Yeah. Yes. And not only that, but we didn't experience any of that conflict, a politically motivated conflict. Our elders team which is the the team that basically oversees the church um uh, they they did not fight about this all our conversations were very reasonable uh there was a good balance between we've got to protect people from a virus that's transmissible but we've also got to be a church together so what where's the balance here so we didn't we stayed a lockdown maybe a little longer than one or two other churches in our area, but we certainly went back a lot earlier than a lot of other churches yes. went back, yeah. And looking back on it now, I'm not sure we would ever lock down again. I think we pr what we'd probably do is leave it up to people. You know, if, if you don't feel safe, don't come. If you yeah. feel safe, then come on out and let's be sensible about it. Maybe don't hug and kiss. <laughs> Yeah, but, I think people uh, understood that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. so, yeah that's well, right. Since all that happened, has your, uh, the numbers of people who are coming to church on a weekly basis, yeah. has that, has that stayed at a lower pace than pre COVID or is it gaining again? Or are you going beyond? Because I'm, 
I'm talking with people where I work, and I work, and I don't know what, what Tim has told you, I work for a very large entertainment company. Oh, Actually, okay. I work for the largest entertainment company in the world. But it's one of those things where the people that I'm talking to at work are, since COVID, are, are more religious isn't the word, but faithful is the word that comes to mind. Yeah. And, and I'm very, very happy about it. And it's, it's helped me through it, but yeah, Tim and I went through it way before COVID with, with me, but it's, do you find it your, 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 your parish is bigger or, or is it growing or not? No, so, so this is, um, what I've discovered is that it, the stories among churches are all different. So for us, we, I think we're getting close to our pre-COVID numbers, but we lost families during COVID who've not returned, and some of them have just basically ghosted us. So for them, it was an opportunity to move on. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but for other churches, they aren't anywhere close to their pre-COVID numbers especially churches that were larger and were reaching crowds, which we don't do. We grow in dribs and drabs, you know, in one family, two families at a time. Other churches might grow multiples every month. We've never done that. Um, For those churches, the reports are they've lost anywhere between 25 and 50 percent of their previous attendees and they're they've got real budgetary issues as a result and there's a real a big struggle about how this is happening the other thing is many churches discovered that they could reach more people online than they ever did in person um, but we didn't find that so we had a decent number online during lockdown but as soon as we began, in-person meetings, our numbers online drop to single digits. And oh, it's, really? and yeah, and it's never really grown. Uh, so it, it depends. It, it's different from region to region, church to church, it seems to me, at least. And right. uh, we wanted to grow online. I still have a dream to have a digital uh, congregation, maybe separate from the Cornerstone you have to use different, maybe, strategies online, uh, different ways of communicating. But uh, mm-hmm. we haven't managed to crack that code yet. Um, that brings me to one point, and I, I thought of this earlier as you were talking, but I've, I did not enjoy online church. <laughs> uh, my mind wandered. Yeah. And it was just harder to focus. It's harder to focus. And the fact that you're sitting in a church with other believers, you're Mm -hmm. in a gathering of other believers, just gives you a a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose, and the knowledge that you're there with others who have that same faith and trust in Jesus as their Mm -hmm. Lord and Savior. And it it takes me right back to what you said uh, in your sermon on Sunday about the church is the building. Mm-hmm. The building is the church, and we're in that church. And that's where we, and when we find Jesus in our daily lives, wherever we're going. Uh, mm-hmm. And But right there, when we're celebrating him with others, mm-hmm. 
there, there's a joy that is right. unbelievable at times. Right. Yeah, the church is the community of the people. It's the coming together. Now, my professors in this uh, program I went through, they've done research that they think shows that online community is not only possible, but is as communal as physical community. Uh, we haven't found that here. I think that's due to our context. So I think the Blue Water area is an extremely relational area. Mm -hmm. That's just my impression. Everything's done through relationships in the Blue Water area. I learned that pretty early on when we first moved here. Um, it's just flesh on flesh is how everything seems to work. And it's who you know, not what you know. And it's, it's just networks of people getting life done. So, uh, and our church is no exception to that. It's, it's all relational. Like on Sunday, I actually stood uh, after church service was over. I um, was up front and I took a video because of probably 75% of our people were still in the auditorium five minutes after the church service yeah. ended. Mm -hmm. And the noise, it was high volume conversations, lots of interaction. And then for lunch, all the tables were full. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, we serve a simple yeah. lunch of soup and salad, bread every Sunday, and all the tables were full. So that's our context. But I could see if you were in a uh, one of those suburban contexts where people are moved by their corporations and they move every two to three years, there um, it may be more in their wheelhouse to connect online than it is to have to go through the hassle of finding a physical church family. If they mm -hmm. can stay connected with one church family, no matter where they move, yeah. but it's all digital, maybe that's how that works. I don't know. Well, we're all different, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we work in different ways, and God works through us in different ways. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for the option to do online church. If you imagine if you're in a closed country where uh, church is illegal or at least very restricted and you can't build buildings and, you know, you can really only safely meet uh, undercover, how uh, valuable it would be to be able to go online using a VPN maybe and, yeah. and connect with a church and hear good preaching and things. So life Life.Church out of Oklahoma um, with Craig Rochelle as their lead pastor. It's the largest church in the United States. Mm -hmm. It's a hybrid church. It has uh, campus locations in cities, but it also has hundreds of thousands of people meeting online every well, whenever they want. It's on demand. They, oh, they rebroadcast church services basically 24 hours a day all mm -hmm. week long. And uh, they do it really well. They're set up like a TV studio, uh, and yeah. it's just very good. Yeah. Well, I can I can see the advantages. I mean, I, again, we all. Mm -hmm. I just know what I need. Yeah, I, I'm but, I'm a kind of on your wavelength, Tim. I like uh, squeezing the flesh and yeah. and 
talking to my friends face to face. But I, I, I like doing work online. I like having meetings by Zoom. Mm-hmm. I'd rather stay in my uh, study here and not have to drive anywhere and, and just do. I like yeah. doing pre-marriage preparation if I know the couple. So we've met properly, mm-hmm. but I, I like doing their pre-marriage prep online. There seems to be a, the barrier goes down a little and a little better interaction actually online. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. One-on-one and mm-hmm. yeah, I can understand that too. Yeah. So, my mind is expanding, Dave. Sorry. <laughs> so one day when I get a big head and it bursts, you'll know why. Yeah, again, I'm sorry. Yeah. We, uh, we joke sometimes when we're starting about, Dave will say the, uh, some of the crazy things that pop into our head, and it always reminds me of uh, Jiffy Pop popcorn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you put it on the oven, you shake it, and it pops, and it, I've never yeah. had it flowed out of the tinfoil, but sometimes we think our brains do that. <laughs> and it yeah. has happened a few uh, times. <laughs> I have to write stuff down. I have so many ideas per second, especially after some caffeine. Oh. It's just pop, pop, pop everywhere, and I have to start writing it down or it's gone forever. No, I, uh, there's so many I things that you can relate to, too. Yeah. 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 Um, hey, I, I got a quick question, and, and this, I was... I was doing some research, and Tim and I have been talking. I've been looking for a church down here in Florida, and mm. church has changed mm. compared to what I was used to. And Tim and I have yeah. had long conversations about this. I'm used to a choir, not a band. I'm used to, anyways. So I was watching. We were raised in the Episcopal Church. Yes. Oh, yeah. And uh, so. Uh, Dave, you, Dave was born in 57, so through the 60s, he was going to the Episcopal Church and mm-hmm. in the 50s and 60s, and uh, yeah, it was rather structured. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I like I, it know, now. Go ahead, Dave. No, I, I mean, I like mm-hmm. it now. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm having, that's my own issue with the guitars and everything else, and I'm not getting it. <laughs> I was watching, I was watching your, your parts of your service uh, just this past well, yesterday, as a matter of fact, okay. and something struck me that you said, and, and it, it gives me two questions. The first one is, where do you come up with your sermons? But the first one, I really was questioning because I didn't. I got tied up in editing our regular podcast. You said that Jesus, or no, that God is the head of the body in your sermon yesterday, and we were. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Not the spirit. Um, oh, goodness. Now I feel stupid because I don't remember what, it said, what you said. <laughs> what? You, don't don't you ask me what about, I said. <laughs> you were talking about the body yeah. and faith and everything, but you said that God was the head. That, that and, Jesus is the head of the body of which we're a part. Yes. Yeah. But we were we were the body part of it, and it just yes. I called us something that I don't remember ever being called before, and it's <laughs> oh gosh, now I'm going to have to look it up online while you guys are talking. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but anyways, but it was a great sermon. But I mean, how do, where do you come up with your sermon every week? Does that okay. is that a, a yeah. question I can or can't ask? Ask. Yeah, that's a great question, and it really goes to the core of 
what Protestant churches are all about. So, uh, um, you know, uh, just to go back, you know, I was raised in the Episcopal Church of Scotland. And uh, my home church is still uh, an Episcopal Church in Scotland uh, of the more happy, clappy, low church variety, um, (laughs) where there's not much evidence of vestments or any of the high church uh, stuff. So, but nonetheless, um, so when the Reformation happened in the 16th century, the, the really the core issue was on the role of Scripture in the church. I think you could argue for that. So the pulpit, to be very simplistic, the pulpit replaced the altar or the uh, communion table. Uh, didn't replace it, but displaced it. So whereas the altar used to be in the middle, high up, and the priest worked at there, and the pulpit would be off to the side somewhere for their 10-minute homily, the reformers reversed that. So the, the depending on your tradition, the table is uh, back and lower than the pulpit, and the pulpit's front and center and usually elevated. Um, so uh, so the, the stream of Reformation thinking that I belong to places a, a enormous emphasis on Bible teaching that you can't be a true church unless the scriptures are taught in your community, your church community. So all my training, all my understanding of what it means to be a church is that the pastor's main role, not his only, but his main role is preaching and teaching the Bible. So all my sermons come from the Bible, and usually they come from passages of the Bible. So I'll preach through, so this current series on the church, all the passages are taken from the New Testament letter to the Ephesians. So the body, the bride, and the building are all metaphors taken from that letter, um, one passage or another. Um, Other Protestant pastors, evangelical Protestant pastors, preach through whole books of the Bible at a time. I'm not very good at doing that, but I have done it. Um, So they'll just take uh, a a paragraph at a time, say, or a chapter at a time. And so Sunday one is the first part. Sunday two, they just take off from where they left off. And so on. So all my sermons, I don't make them up. I'm just, uh, what I'm doing is I'm e- explaining, clarifying, and applying a passage from the Bible. Well, and what, and what I was watching, you gave examples too. Mm-hmm. And I like that. That, that seemed to make it more relatable for somebody like me who's, I don't know, Tim will tell you this. I'm coming, I'm not just coming back to God, but I'm, it's a process I'm going through. But it's right. not that I'm not a believer because I am. But I I enjoyed listening to to your sermon last week and even the, the one I watched before, which was a couple of weeks ago. I like the way you speak and that's that says a lot to me. I, I, the, don't get me wrong and I apologize if I offend anybody. The ephemera before 
you speak is is wonderful, but I'm here to listen to you. And and yeah. <laughs> I, I know that, and that comes from my days at church because I did come from a structured church, and I I liked that structure. Mm-hmm. I I took I took pleasure in the fact that I knew every day I go to church, the choir was going to sing. Mm-hmm. And then the pastor was going to was going to talk, and then the yeah. choir was going to sing, and then I could go home. <laughs> right. We were actually we are actually more structured than most evangelical congregations. Um, so we begin with a very structured every week the same structured introduction, and we have a uh, systematic uh, Bible reading. We sing two songs. We have a systematic Bible reading. We have a congregational prayer that we call the Acts Prayer. Um, it's the same format, though not the same words each week. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Bible teaching and a final hymn. So that's because I believe in uh, liturgy that structure is important because church services are not about our preconceptions and our preferences, but it's about God's order of things. So our whole entire church service is designed to keep our eyes on Jesus, who he is, what he has done, and what he is doing for us. So we actually are fairly structured. Most evangelical congregations are not. They're they're just much more freewheeling, and there's not nearly as much um, order in what they do. Well, I agree with what you're saying. I do. Don't get me wrong, because I do like everything I've seen. Because I have looked numerous times, and, and it's hard. It was hard for me because I work on Sundays normally. Oh wow! So I. Well, I work for Disney. I mean, we're we're 365 day a year operation, and yeah, and that's just the way life goes. And so it was in the morning, and there wasn't really time for me to do a lot of research. So I was watching a bunch of online, mm-hmm. you know, because Tim had suggested we'll try some online, see what you can find. And and when he suggested watching yours, I took him up on it, and I'm very very impressed. And I, I like what you're doing, so don't get me wrong. I, I, I like it. I I, and some of the I, questions that I have for you that are deeper than this, I one day we will talk. All right. Sounds good. No, I, I was is, not uh, offended in the least by what you said. I, I think uh, what you said is very uh, pertinent and interesting, and it's something that we think about a lot at, uh, on our leadership uh, teams. Yeah. You know, so you, uh, you, you have a leadership team. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but a leadership team. What does your leadership team do? So we call it our, well, we have two leadership teams, I guess. So we have our elders team. Um, that's a biblical reference. Um, it's the Greek word presbyteros, and it means someone who's a mature, uh, not necessarily older, but mature, experienced and a spiritually mature person who oversees the congregation. And there's a number of synonyms used for what they do. So they oversee in the sense of they're watching out for, 
the well-being of the congregation. Then they shepherd the congregation. That's where we get the word pastor from. They shepherd. They they take care of the spiritual needs of the flock. They pray with people, encourage people. They make and they and they make wise decisions for the in our church at least for the the bedrock of our church. So our values, our vision. So that's what our elders do. And I'm one of the elders, but we have others. We have six in total. And they just, they watch out for the church. Then we have a staff team, which I lead, and that's responsible for the day-to-day operations, so to speak, of the church. So everything from uh, the the, uh, internet (laughs) provision for our building to or what we're doing uh, for Sunday, um, how we're taking care of our folks who might be in the hospital, all kinds, every everyday thing, that that staff team takes care of that. It's not the same in every church, but that's how we do it. Sounds like a great way to do it. It can be. I'd like to be slightly more structured sometimes, but we try. It's nice to be agile and make a quick decisions too. Yeah. Uh, just to backtrack a little bit, Dave, uh, you're talking about the sermons that we were used to. And uh, when I was, uh, uh, I, Peter knows this and you know this Dave, but growing up Episcopalian and after I was married and we had our second child, I converted to Catholicism because I had left the Episcopal church and my wife's, faith in her church, and I'm going to put it that way, her faith in her church was much stronger than mine, and I wanted us all to worship together. And then after a number of years, I got, I was just led to go elsewhere. Uh, God led me, but uh, it reminded me what you said about what something dad used to say. Our dad was a lay reader in church, so he was part of the professional up and would do one of the readings. And I can, I'll never forget him saying that if a preacher, if a minister cannot get his message across in 10 minutes, then he's not going to do it. Yeah. And that's, and <laughs> yeah. I want to tell you something. When I left and went looking for a church, and I went to a couple before I came to Cornerstone, but I remember one Sunday sitting there thinking, what am I missing? What What's different here? And it was structure. Structured to the point that it never changed. Now, when I go to Cornerstone, it's structured, but it's not the same prayer every day, every Sunday. And it's uh, it's just, uh, you know, that there's a, 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 not, there's a purpose for it. Not that some someone else somewhere has said, okay, these are the, our weekly things, songs and our weekly mm-hmm. readings. But it, it was just so strange. And once I got over that, it was so much easier accept church other than that really structured church that I had grown up in. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I didn't think it was all that structured. I just thought that's the way it was. I thought they all you get away. When you, when you go somewhere else and it's okay, now cornerstone is structured, but it's not to me as on a strict level as what it was growing up Mm -hmm. where every Sunday was the same. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's not it's not as regimented. I don't 
and I'm probably an, a little bit of an outlier among evangelicals, but I don't have a particular problem with liturgy. I, I understand what it is. I understand where it came from, that it has very ancient roots, that there is something very important about all the churches praying together around the world, following a common liturgy. Uh, but I also... I. I also like the dynamics of uh, a less structure. So, so I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, uh, I, I, I like praying. I like the Apostles' Creed. I like the Lord's Prayer. I like the colics, how thoughtful they are. Um, you know, I, I like the great Thanksgiving during Holy Communion. Um, but I also realize that the Holy Spirit is at work in the church as well, and that he's leading people in some spontaneity, some sensitivity to where the Spirit is leading is an important thing and brings a a breath of life into what can become just not very good. Yeah. But but evangelical, sorry, Tim, but the the spontaneous can become pretty stale too. It's not like one never, never becomes boring and just repetitive. So we always, we have to constantly be working at it, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think, I think that I, I, I appreciate everything you're saying, Peter, and I, I agree with it. But I, I don't find the structure to be, uh, it seems to me that, this, that it can be structured, but it can follow the, the guidance, the leading of the Holy Spirit. When things mm-hmm. in your congregation need to, maybe there's something you need to talk to the congregation about. Right, right. And and yeah. that's that's I like that. I I appreciate the structure, but it's not just. Uh, I just find it spirit led. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think as my faith has grown, I appreciate that and hope to see it more in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. it's, it's a true blessing. Right. Tim and I used to talk when he was, uh, this was before the podcast, when he was looking for the, the new church or a new place to be. And I notice a difference since he's been at Cornerstone with you. Mm. Really, really do. And it's, it's a positive, a positive yeah. influence. And I'm, I'm yeah. happy he's there with you. I really, really am. Well, yeah. We're he happy rubs too. Off on me all the time too. And I like it too, but uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I yeah. And, and that's a good. common story. We, yeah. I hear that a lot from folks. That yeah. they, their life is changing. It's good. Yeah, I, mean, I had a couple of life-changing things, too, uh, and we've talked about that before, but Cornerstone's one of them. And, uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Uh, is there anything, Peter, you'd like to leave our, our listeners with? Any, uh, any thoughts, anything that, uh, anything you'd like to leave us with? I know, I know, I know that I've enjoyed this time, and it looks to me like Dave has too. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's really been a pleasure. I, I really appreciate you doing this. It's been wonderful. Yeah. I've been uh, enjoying myself chatting, and uh, I would just, I just encourage everybody to, if you don't know much about Jesus, take the time to find out some more about him. And there are so many resources these days. Um, we have a section in our church website um, called Jesus, uh, 
it's in our main menu. And if you want to find out more, go to famousgod.com and click on Jesus. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll put that information in our show notes too. Yeah, cool. So yes, and for everybody. I, I went to famousgod.com today and I was looking at that page because as soon as I saw that on the top on the menu, I go, well, that's what the heck is that? I got now I gotta know. So mm-hmm. yeah, folks, go look at it. It's it's really good. It's it's well worth yeah. the time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's some good uh, video resources, all free, and then there's some book recommendations with links to the Amazon pages. And we don't get a commission or anything. These are just good books that would help anybody interested. Because what I find is people have rejected Christianity without knowing the Jesus that they're rejecting. So they're rejecting something that's probably not even really representative of the Christian faith, which is a shame. Yeah, it's a shame today. I agree with you. It's, uh, yeah. Do you find that the people you're talking to now, their attitudes about God are different than they were 15, 20 years ago? Uh, What has changed, I think, and it's been like this for quite a long time, is just apathy. Um, Mm. Or it it could, it might not be, it's apathy, but it's not caused by, I just don't care. It's caused by, that's fine for you, Peter, and I'm happy that the Cornerstone meets, and good for you guys, but I have no interest at all. And uh, that's where we're at now. That people, really? yeah, it, it's um, and it's a dilemma, uh, one that I spend a lot of time pondering. Uh, and uh, what what's it going to take for people to have any interest at all in the Christian faith? Yeah. Have you got a suggestion? No. <laughs> After all that pondering. <laughs> Uh, the only thing in, in in church history has been what are called uh, awakenings, and uh, you may be familiar with the Great Awakening in the 18th century. Uh, George Whitfield and John Wesley on the other side of the Atlantic. Whitfield came over here. He partnered with Jonathan Edwards, the uh, great uh, preacher out there on the East Coast. And there was what was called the Great Awakening, and a massive number of people uh, in proportion to the the population of that day were uh, brought into the church through spiritual awakening. Uh, Their apathy uh, evaporated. Um, We haven't seen a Great Awakening since 18-something, the Second Great Awakening. But we need it now more than ever before. Yes. We're seeing it in the developing world or the majority world, the church in Africa, the church in Asia is growing so quickly, um, massively, amazingly, while the church in, in the, sorry about my dog, the church in the United States is really uh, plateaued or in decline. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to take an awakening. But there are exceptions to that. There are churches like Life.Church, which are reaching hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. So, There's hope. There is. I have no doubt. 
Jesus will build his church. He just may not build the cornerstone. <laughs> but he is building it. Because I think he, he is, folks he like is Tim and continuously so building others. Yeah. You, there are, I, uh, I talked to a couple of people last Sunday after church. I was one of those people you probably saw. And uh, a couple that I've talked to the, the, the man before, but it's just to talk to people with, with the, the faith they have and uh, the love for Jesus they have and for the church. Mm-hmm. It's uh, heartwarming and uplifting. Yeah. And that's, yeah. the, I think if I were to, to use one word to describe Cornerstone Dave, it would be uplifting. Mm-hmm. Really? That would be it. Yep. In every way. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got questions galore, but that one might be, maybe we'll save that for another time. Um, As as in good conversation, there's always more questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good conversation. Yeah. Yeah, You've always, I've got, trust me, I got, (laughs) I didn't use a small notepad today, Tim. I used a big notepad. Big one. Good. Okay. Well, yeah. Peter, I, I am. I am ecstatically happy to to have met you, and this has oh, been nice. this has been fun and enjoyable and enlightening. Very um, good. Expect me to be a a regular watcher at least. It's a long drive for me, since is how I live down in the uh, Orlando area. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so won't be around soon, but <laughs> I will be one of the ones online. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, You're welcome uh, anytime. Yeah. Well. Thank you for that. Um, other than that, Tim, uh, thank you for uh, getting a hold of Peter and, and and setting this up for us. This is a great time. Well, we we it's it's been it. a blessing for for me, and uh, I appreciate everything you do, Peter. And uh, pray that God will continue to bless you and all you do, you and your family. Yes. Thank you very much, Tim. And I'm happy to have a poet and a scholar oh. in our church. Well, uh, thank you. you. I go. appreciate that. And again, I'm hoping that for one of these Bible verses that I was looking up today, I'm going to have another cornerstone poem to read uh, after Dave and I have a little bit of discussion after the uh, video is done. Uh, Excellent. Good deal. Inspired. All right. Well, God bless you and take care, Peter. Thank you very much. Same to you. All right, folks. What do you think of that? That's the end of part two. Um, I, 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 again, I, I mentioned in, in this interview with, with Peter, how impressed I was and thankful I was to Tim for bringing him to us, uh, and to you folks. I mean, he's big in Clyde township and Fort Huron, but he's, he's going to get bigger now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah, it's still, uh, still amazing. Uh, Really enjoyed this second half of the, of the interview, um, and I think we could have made a podcast uh, site out of this and continued the interview. Oh God, but, yes, <laughs> I really do. And and you might want to mention next time you talk with him that if they don't already have one, he should have a podcast. He should, <laughs> yeah. But you, you listen to him, and then again at church today, he got talking a little bit about scheduling his schedule. Yeah, and yeah, he does. He's he's already working eight hours a day or more. Yeah, this is true. Uh, just, this is true. Just with church, with his sermons and the research that that requires, and uh, yeah, 
things that go on with church. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm sure the burden is somewhat lightened uh, after COVID. And yes. hearing how, you know, they were the church prepared for that, was prepared when it happened. Uh, but still, you know, he was talking about he's got his weekends free. and Yeah, well, it's Saturday, maybe. <laughs> well, Saturday is free, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then he off today he offered, uh, if anybody had questions, <clears throat> excuse me, he was always available Sunday afternoon. It's like, oh, well, he just well, threw I, that afternoon away. And it's interesting, that you, again, that you say that, and I'm, I'm always – uh, amazed I shouldn't be but I am at the coincidences because you were talking about he said that you know come on see to talk to him at any time mm-hmm. and he said that today at church I mean yeah. his message at church was uh you know you gotta ask the right ask people questions don't I won't go into it all because I'll mess it up but anyway he got into this thing well you know I'm here after church if you have any questions I am happy to to talk with you you know, whatever you want, I am here. I can be here till you know, church gets out at about 1130. Says, you know, I, I'm here to 1230, 1 if I have to, you know, I got, I got the time. Just ask, yeah. come and ask me the questions. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, oh, I'm just, uh, that's amazing how that all ties together. It really, really is. He's, uh, he's inspiring. He is. I, I'm inspired by his, by his, I hate, I think this because I think this word is is overused as journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, everybody's using that now. It's like the catch word for everything. But his story is so so amazing. On and his was a journey. I mean, especially when you're talking about Jesus and 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 you know and a pastor and everything else. His was a journey to get to where he is. And I like the fact I like the fact that he and his church. And he had talked to somebody else and said, you have to be thinking forward and have an online presence. And he was prepared before COVID got there because he was already online a little bit. Yeah, we we were online and it was uh, it was nice those Sundays when uh, I either didn't feel good or was just too lazy to get out of bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, online's nice, but as I said during the interview, I... I get more out of in person because it, my I don't have the things to distract me. But and I forget right. that, folks, because hopefully everybody else can get through online better than I do. Well, yeah, and and some people have a better ability than you and I. Maybe <laughs> I was watching today, folks, and I got a little distracted because shiny ob- shiny object syndrome came into play. Oh, <laughs> but anyways, I got back to it, but. It was fun. I um, I enjoyed when he was talking about the structure of the church too. Yeah, yeah, that um, was that was very good. Because I and and we talked about structure, and we've talked about it before on the podcast about how I like the structure of what we used to have. Yeah, and this is pretty close. I mean, okay, it's not a choir, but in in essence, it's kind of a choir. They just don't use an organ anymore. But there was an organ there today. <laughs> you know they've added some things which is fine um but he is right i never noticed it until he said it that they are pretty structured on how yeah. they're doing it it's yeah. not the same not the same prayer every week but it's the same basic structure i like that yeah I, and i think that's yeah. why i've enjoyed watching it yeah. Man, yeah i think a lot of churches are that way but it just um in addition to structure there's more 
what's involved in the structure, the praying, yes. the prayers, the the sermons, everything else. But mm-hmm. that's for another day. Oh, it is. But it was fun. And, and when he talked about how he 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 worked on his sermons, mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed that. I I do. And what he oh didn't realize until he said it that the, the word pastor or preacher came from uh just lost shepherd yes shepherd mm-hmm. yes so he's shepherding his flock and that's a pastor that was cool i i learned i learned a lot tim i really really did yeah. i was i was very very i got i was when we got done with this interview i was emotionally high for for a day or two <laughs> Really was. I was just I was well, excited you were, and happy about it. You were really upbeat as we talked uh, offline yeah. afterwards too. Yeah. It was yeah. it was uh, yeah uh, really brought a smile to my face and joy to my heart. Uh, You're good the way that affected you, and hopefully well, it will be those out there who are who just finished uh, watching part two uh, had the same same experience of uh, of listening to him. Yeah, he's he's an amazing man, yeah. and and let's be honest. He can talk, but it's not talking to talk. He's he's got meaning in what he's saying all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He just, yep. Yeah, he just. Yeah, he's he's great. I like him. Yeah, yeah. On, <laughs> do you remember when you said something about our dad? It's funny. Yeah. I was just looking at that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. I'll never forget that. Dad saying that uh, if a, back then we call them ministers, there's right. still some that way. If a minister can't get his point across in his sermon in ten minutes, then he hasn't done his job. Yeah. <laughs> and I was as I, again as I was looking this over before we started recording, I have that note, and I just thought, uh, uh, forgive me, Lord, I don't know. Uh, Maybe there's some people after 10 minutes, they can't get their point across. They shouldn't have started in the first place. And you can delete that if you want. Forgive me, Lord, for my, my criticism and my judgment. Uh, but there are, I, I firmly am a believer now of the over 10 minute uh, sermon. There's a lot more to say than you, you can say in 10 minutes. Yeah, but if you haven't started your point within the first 10 minutes, and you've lost everybody. Well, okay. Let's if, let's 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 move on after sermons. Okay? I, I'm okay with that. We can move on. Yes. Okay. Let's move um, on. <laughs> I thought I thought it was fun, and when he started talking about the Great Awakening, too, and that's in your show notes too. Yeah, it'll be in your show notes too, folks. But it's uh, I didn't realize that there was one in the 1800s. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I re- I yeah. Again, I am not as up to date as a lot of people are when it comes to Christianity and everything else that's going on in the world. But I found that very interesting. Yeah, uh, there was it was a great awakening, and uh, I just read something today on Facebook about the fact that uh, we need that again, and we do. Uh, there's, yep. Yeah, uh, you know, um, 
what we can do with computers today uh, can be helpful and hurtful, harmful in our lives. Yeah. And we just, uh, I'm thankful for the good things it's led us to, like uh, our opportunity to do this, uh, online church services. Um, it's very good. If you use it right, it's very good. But yeah, we do need an awakening when we look at the world today. Yeah. Hard to imagine what that would look like today as compared to in the 1800s. Yeah. You, can you, I mean, because yeah, he, I mean, if you think about it, like you were just saying with, you know, with computers and the internet, God might not come at us or Jesus might not come to us or we might not be awakened by just one way of, or one form. It could happen through media, through computers and internet and through, you know, through churches or whatever. It could, could be a multifaceted way now as compared to back in the 1800s. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's definitely more available and available yeah. people wouldn't have been before, but then you know, there's also that other side of it where you've got the negative things that are available to you to, that would draw you away from the word and the message that Jesus came for. Well, that's true, too. So, uh, again, you know, it's it, I think it depends on how it's used. Yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, definitely the great awake a great awakening would be, I think, quicker to happen today. Uh, but, but I also believe there's more in the world working against that happening than there was back then. Although there's, yeah. never, there's always been evil working against God. Yeah. Uh, again, I think because of what you see on the internet and what's available to people, it's just uh, as our opportunity to learn a bit more about God, to learn more about Jesus and to strengthen our faith through the internet, there's as that has increased, the opposite side of the equation has also increased too. Yeah. And Peter talked about that a little bit, like he was talking about, well, remember he had said, well, no, P Peter, that's great. Faith is great for you, but it's not for me. And people <laughs> yeah. are dismissing it, not because of terrible things. They're dismissing it because they're not taking the time to, to learn. Yeah. And that's the sad part right now. I feel so much. We just talked about it a couple seconds ago. I, I feel so much more alive now that I am, you know, I am back with God again than I ever did without him. And it was, it was my own fault for not being, mm -hmm. not letting him in my life. No, I, I yeah. So it's one of those things where you just go, well, okay. Now, it, it, but they are, people are dismissing it for no reason and they don't know the reason why they are. Because somebody else has told them, well, you don't, you know, yeah, that's just God. You know, no, it's not just God. It's just God. You know, but anyways. You know, there's one thing as we were talking about the need for great awakening right below it. I put in, Peter also said there is hope. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. There is hope. There yes. is hope. Yeah. And, and we can't give that up. We got our, all my talking about the other side of the <laughs> internet. <laughs> Yeah, there is so, hope, and I and and I see the hope that in you. I see hope in in my faith growth, uh, the growth of my faith. Uh, I I see hope as I see other Christians and mm -hmm. uh, and the sharing of, of their views, their their beliefs with others. I there's hope. 
And the one nice thing is all you have to do is open your eyes to see hope. Yeah. It's there, folks. It really, really is. It's there. And you just need to open accept eyes, it. Yeah. yeah, open your eyes, accept it. Open your eyes, open your heart. Yeah. 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 Did you want to talk about the last thing right there in your show notes before we move on a little bit? Uh, Jesus called to build his church or Dave talks about what he found there. No, <laughs> no I'm sorry. No, no it's just, yeah. We're called, to, you know, we're called to build his church. And, and Peter had, had been talking about, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the building of the church that, uh, uh, Jesus is the church. Uh, we are the members of his body in the church. And we need to build on that. Uh, and uh, that's just, um, he's called us to do that. And, you know, we, we minister to those in church. We share the gospel with others and bring more people into his, into the church, the body of Christ. And, uh, but he has called us to build his church from the time he lived on earth mm -hmm. through the, his word. Now, uh, that's one of the, one of the things he's called us to do. And that's where, as his church is built, we have that, there's that opportunity becomes greater for another great awakening. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Oh, Yeah. And uh, before we get on to Tim's poem here, but there was a, we were looking at, we were talking about, and there's nothing wrong with this, folks. We want, anytime somebody we, we interview wants to promote their website or whatever, we're happy to do it. Famousgod.com um, does have a tab that you can click that says Jesus. I just found it amazing that, <laughs> first of all, I found it amazing. And, and I've, I've, I've built a few websites, not nothing like what they've got. I mean, nothing anyways, but my skills are not that good anymore. But he, he to just to have a tab that says Jesus, I thought, first of all, that's gutsy, <laughs> but it, it's apropos. And for it those who don't know what that, yeah, it just, but you click on that tab folks and there's a lot of great information. And I, I watched some great videos by other people besides Peter. So he, he trusts other people to help him lead his flock and his, his, uh, that's what they're called a flock, right? Mm -hmm. What are, what else do they call it when you're a, well, well you're, we're a flock of sheep. Yeah. But there's something else that they call. I'm going to go on from that because otherwise we'll just get, I'll be stuck in the mud here. Okay. Um, I think I'll think of it about 20 minutes after we are done. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now, folks, it, it's I found it very, very interesting. And I think you should go go look at it at famousgod.com. Um, I I hope and pray we get Peter back for another interview in a couple of uh, seasons. Um, maybe next year early if we can. That'd be great. Okay. I think. Yeah, that'd be good. I, I'd like that, too. I really, really believe that he is a uh, is a voice that needs to be heard more and more around the world. But um, I'm happy to know him now. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm glad that we uh, we had the interview. I'm glad. Uh, I'm happy with the what it's done for you. 
and how helpful it was. And I, again, I, I hope that there's some of our listeners and viewers uh, have that same experience of, uh, of hope. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That. I tell you what, folks, if you're a person who does like online worship, look at, go, go to their website and, 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 or go to the, go to YouTube and on YouTube type in, uh, Cornerstone Church, or just type in Famous God, and all their in, all their uh, videos come up. Watch one of his past ones to see if it's something you're going to like. But I really truly believe you will. Uh, I'm sorry, that's right. no good. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you say we get toward the end of this thing? Oh, that sounds good. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> last week I read uh, the poem Cornerstone I had written after I started going to Cornerstone Church. And I've read this this one that I'm going to read today before called Windows to God. Uh, I wrote it uh, for uh, Cornerstone's 18th anniversary when they had pictures on the wall of families and large, uh, big, big pictures of individuals or families on the wall uh, of, the, of the church, that members of the church. And it just inspired me to write this. And it, as I think about it again, <clears throat> that, those pictures were true, the true representation of who Cornerstone Church is, what it is. It's those people who were there on the wall as they celebrated another anniversary. Wow. This is in God Still Rhymes on page 65. Windows to God. An ancient cathedral, an old country church filled with worshipers, praying, singing, hearing as his word is heard, as sun shining through windows of stained glass. The history of our faith, of a journey through the ages, reflecting sorrows and joys ever present for us to see. As it may seem, the lightened beam seen through the glass, as time does pass, the hands of man reflects his plan. Then at church today, Walking through the door, no windows reflecting the journey that had passed past. Now in muted hues, photographs, black and white, joy without sorrow, husband, wife, and child give hope for tomorrow. The joy unfinished, the journey unfinished, they are looking forward. We see the sun shine through many smiles. Now we can see what we can be, the simplicity for you and me, life he did save, the gift he gave. Whether by the sun shining through multicolored stained glass or the sun shining through a photograph of white and black, both are windows through which we can see the work of his hand. Uh, and I just, I had a reflection after this, and it's pretty much what I said before I read it. <laughs> and uh, seven years later, I have this reflection. I'll read this one. In my days of youth, most churches had stained glass windows. Some of them told the stories of the Bible, both Old and New Testament. There are no windows in the auditorium at Cornerstone. As I look back, one of the pictures in large photographs has been, forgive me. Okay. As I look back, one of the pictures in large photographs as renditions of the church on that day, it's people, believers in Christ. And the hope they were on that anniversary and a look into the faith of their tomorrows. The windows to God are their hearts of love for Jesus. And uh, that's, 
like I said, the, those pictures to me were the, the reflection of that church. Yeah. It was the people. And, and Jesus was there and he was seen in each one of those photographs. You could see Jesus in the lives of those people. Really? Which was cool. Yeah. 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 I, you've told me about those, uh, those photos before, not the, and they said that you told me they reminded you of stained glass. And I remember that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it was a window to God. I mean, I, I you know, we, church we grew up stained glass windows the churches i went to for a while afterwards you know the few of them mm-hmm. they had, had the stained glass window it was a it was um pretty standard yeah and some of them some of them did they did tell the story they they followed through the story of jesus yeah i remember that and, and some of them were just simply stained glass which were also beautiful yes uh <clears throat> multicolored stained glass but when i saw these pictures uh in black and white just huge on the wall there it must have been maybe there are eight ten or twelve of them or more around the room and it just <laughs> it was just really heartwarming yeah and it's got to be and that was that window because you could you know yeah you got a window to god and it's you could see him through that i could oh, see him in every one of them yeah. So that's and, and that takes a unique mind to think of think up something like that to do that. Are you who are you talking about? I know it's not whoever me. decided that that was what they were going to do. Yeah, I know. No, it does. With the photos, right. that was it was very. Uh, yeah, it, it did. I, it was. And if I, I never heard of that before. I never heard of people doing that before. Yeah. And when you consider cool. uh, Peter talking about how decisions are made, yeah, I'm sure there was more than one involved in that. But yeah, yeah. someone had to come up with it. Yeah, I bet there was discussion. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it happened. <laughs> well, if it if it reached one person, made that feel better. That's all that matters. Yeah. Right? Well, I, I think it reached a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I bet it did. All right, well, folks, don't forget about the show notes. They're all scroll you'll find them also don't forget on our website now and you can there's a little link on the show notes too that's gives you the opportunity to leave us a voicemail let us know what you're thinking i want to hear tim wants to hear let us know you know we'll, we'll respond leave us an e- you got to leave an email to leave a voicemail so <laughs> that's the only thing and i'm sorry about that that's not an option for us oh, I- it's part of the program but that way you think about it, if we have your email address, maybe we will send you, meaning Tim, a poem. <laughs> okay. You never know. It could happen. It could happen. It could. It, I it wrote is. one yesterday for somebody. Did you? See, there you yeah. go. Or you get on our mailing list. You know, we're going to start building a mailing list. Maybe the mailing list will get the um, poem that Tim posts on Facebook before our Facebook gets it. You never know. Ooh. Just thoughts popping through Dave's head. Okay. So, here. yeah, here we go. Okay. Warm up the stove. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, you ready to call call this yeah, one done? Yeah, you want to close in prayer today? Yeah, sounds good. You want to do it or you want me to? No, you go ahead. Okay. I, I'm enjoying that smile on your face. And... <laughs> Let's well, go. May not be a smile until I get done with this. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you in prayer, 
as we end today's podcast. Tim and I thank you for leading us through today into tomorrow. We pray that today has been pleasing to you and honors your glory. We pray for our listeners and viewers, for their needs, healing, and the salvation of those who have not yet accepted the gift of your grace by faith. We pray, Lord, for the world in which we live. Father, as Christians, lead us to proclaim the gospel wherever we are. May we do so in a loving way. Lead us to the truth of the days we are living in. We pray for the nation of Ukraine, its people, its leaders, those who have fled the country to find safety, those who are still there trying to leave the country, and those who are staying to fight the invading enemy. May their faith and determination be an example to the world. Dear Lord, prepare us and our listeners and viewers for the coming week. We pray that it is you we live for and you who leads us. As we walk with you this week, may your hand, may it be your hand clasped around our hand so we may feel the grasp of your love. We pray this in Jesus' name, our Savior and Redeemer. Amen. Amen. If you give him the times as you live, his word rhymes. And don't forget, big brother, we are the king's kids, and you will never get rid of us, for we are his with Jesus. Jesus. God bless you all. Have a great week. Have a great week, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.